Yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Holotakes Podcast. Thank you for joining us once again for another episode. I'm Tazin. I'm here with my co-host, Eric Guerrero, aka Salsa Plug. Now, you're here because you watched our Western Conference tier list. If you haven't, make sure to go watch it because today we're doing an Eastern Conference tier list video. I am very excited for this one because my beloved Raptors are in this tier list, so I cannot wait to talk about it. Eric, give me your thoughts. I'm excited to do it, man. Let's do it. Yeah? All right. Beautiful. So, let's start with the contenders. Brooklyn Nets, right off the bat. Absolutely. Is there is there much to be said about the Nets? Let me pull up their roster. Just that they're even better than they are than they were last year, and last year they weren't even healthy, and they still took the champions to seven and in overtime. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure that if they can stay healthy, and even if they don't stay healthy, they might still walk away with the title. I don't think that this year is going to be a fun playoffs to watch. Even last yeah. season, we were kind of starting to watch the playoffs and being like well, this is boring because we all know what's going to happen. And then Kyrie got injured and some of the more cynical of us, you know, we kind of said, well, there, you know, that's that's kind of good in a way, you know, like at least that way it makes it a little bit more exciting. So, you know, it's just, it's like, so how about we look at some of their new acquisitions? Why don't you run us through them? Yeah, I mean, hey, I love the Paul Millsup edition. I think he'll be great backing up Blake Griffin and Marcus Aldridge, who I believe is also back on the roster. I think a big rotation of uh, Paul Millsap, Blake Griffin, and uh, LaMarcus Aldridge is really solid. I also really, really, really like the Patty Mills pickup. Especially after, oh, like, yeah. Patty Mills balling out in the Olympics this year. I really like the Patty Mills pickup for their team. Um, aside from that, like, I'm not really sure who else they picked up. I believe James Johnson was there last year, right? Or did he Did they come in Did he come in this year? Uh, Sorry, I don't you, know. James. James Johnson. I do like the James Johnson addition to our team, too. I don't think he's going to get minutes, but just, like, you know, off the court, he's a really good player because, you know, there was a lot of stories about him being, like, super, super um, hardworking off the court, which is, you know, needed for a team like this, especially because, you know, when you're built to win, like, multiple championships, you're going to need that one guy who's just always grinding. Um, Totally. Yeah, I think Javon Carter. Sorry, go on. Yeah. Yeah, no, sorry. I was just going to just because you were you were kind of struggling to remember um they got deandre bembry that's one guy they got. i didn't think it was a significant pickup but i do like yeah bembry on their team because my biggest thing with bembry last year is like he's not just good at one specific thing like he's a utility guy like you plug him in whenever you need something you need to defend he can do that if you need to shoot he's not that terrible of a shooter but he can shoot probably like 33 to like 37 percent from the three, and he's he's a pretty good ball handler. Like he was pretty serviceable yeah. for the Raptors last year. So I do like the Bembry pickup as well. Not sure how much minutes he's gonna get, um, or what his role is really gonna be, but I, I like him on that team. Yeah, absolutely. I think DeAndre Bembry is kind of like a Rondé Hollis Jefferson with higher IQ and more skill. I think I think that's probably a good way Minus to put it. Minus the defense. No, I think I think that they're they're both decent defenders. I think that you know Rondé might be a better defender, but DeAndre Bembry is you know he's he's a three and D wing. That's what he is. Um, okay. Well, maybe not three and D. Maybe maybe not the three part, but he's you know he's he's a wing um, that's particularly good at defense. So I think that that's why he's a he's a great pickup for for the Nets. Lamarcus yeah. Aldridge as well, excellent pickup for the Nets. Um, yeah. You know, or re pickup I guess. And then obviously the one that we should discuss is Cam Thomas. Ooh. They've got more scoring firepower, more shot creation firepower 
then, what a great you know, spot like, to be to, as a rookie. To add to that team. Yeah, man. I mean, seriously, you've got literally zero pressure on you. So now, even if Harden gets injured or, you know, KD gets injured or Kyrie gets injured, you can shuffle the, the lineup around and you can end up putting Cam Thomas in there. It's not going to be, you know, uh, Jeff Green anymore. Yeah. Right? And Jeff Green held his own last season, but at least this time in the regular season, you know, they, they're probably going to be number one seed locked down because their roster yeah. has gotten so much better this offseason. It's not even going to be fun to watch the NBA next season, arguably. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Maybe it'll be the best season we've had. We really don't know. But I like this Nets team. Um, again, I'm not the type of person to cheer for multiple teams at once, especially a team that's a rival in the same division as you. Uh, but I'll probably be tuning into a lot of their games and see how they play. Next up, we got the defending champions, Milwaukee Bucks. I think it's safe to say that they're a contender, easily. Um, they pretty much kept their whole team together, and the only player that they lost that's very, very significant in my opinion is P.J. Tucker, which I thought was a really, really bad loss for them. I don't know if you agree or not. In the regular season, I agree. In the playoffs... They seem to do almost better defensively with with PJ on the floor. I feel like that might not check out statistically, but I mean, when it came, at least in the NBA Finals, PJ was kind of a net loss in in my eyes. At least from the eye test, it looked like you know all he was doing was fouling or getting blown by. You know, so he you know he he can the the good thing is that he can guard one through five. That's that that was a great thing for them. They didn't really have that kind of utility defender dude. Because, you know, you've got Giannis defending the paint, but who you got defending the perimeter? Giannis is, you know, he's a good perimeter defender, but that's not really where he lives, right? Um, you kind of want him close to the basket. So P.J. Tucker was definitely that dude who filled that role for them. I don't know who they have filling that role now. Um, what, can we quickly look at who they brought in? They they got Rodney Hood. They Grayson got Allen. Grayson Allen, which I thought was a pretty good pickup. Uh, he will replace Brent George Force Hill really well. George Hill's been there though. No, no, no. He was at Philly. He got bought he, out. And he, he, he got. He came back. Okay. Savi Ojale. Savi Ojale. Not. Yeah. We're not talking about him. Uh, Jordan Nora. I mean, no, he's been there. Like they didn't really bring anybody in that's significant, man. Like I think the biggest yeah. pickup is pretty much Rodney Hood and George Hill with Grayson Allen. Um, but the biggest return, I believe, is Dante DiVincenzo. I'm glad that he came back because, you know, he was out of it for an injury. Now he's healed. He's back. There's a roster, not roster, but there's a lineup with the Bucks that I really like. Not sure how good it will be defensively uh, in the perimeter, but Drew Holiday, Dante, Rodney Hood, Chris Middleton, and Giannis playing the five. I think that roster, like lineup could shoot the lights out. Especially yeah, I mean, if Giannis I, I, is running the ball, if he's running down the uh, full court with the ball, like you just have these guys spread the floor, like every single one of them can knock down a shot. Yeah, uh, who did you have at the four in that small ball lineup? Uh, Middleton. You had Middleton at the four. I mean, no one else can play four. You're gonna put Divincenzo or Rodney Bobby Hood at the four. Bobby Portis. Right. So then we have to take out Rodney Hood out of the third third spot and put Chris uh, Middleton in there. Yeah. I don't think Rodney Hood should be in the starting lineup personally. I don't think he's he's good enough. I think that if you want to go small ball, I think that what they had in the finals was so good, small ball. I mean, um, I remember uh, Rob Perez, Worldwide Wob, he was talking about how how much more successful they were when they got Brooke Lopez out of the game against um, against the Suns. 
Yeah. Because, you know, they were just kind of like, he, he just couldn't really defend against, uh, they, they, he kept getting trapped in that pick and roll. Monty Williams was just absolutely violating the Bucks with that Chris yeah. Paul Aiden pick and roll. So I think that that would be, uh, if we're going to go small ball, I think getting Portis at the four and Giannis at the five, just like last season, True. it's going to be tough to beat, especially when you've got True. Dante DiVincenzo and Pat uh, coming off the bench or maybe yeah. even in the starting lineup. And you got a motivated Portis now too. So that's, I, I exactly. see what you're saying. I agree with that. All right, next up. Bro, where are we putting Philly? Are they a contender in your eyes? Um, I think in the East they are. First, let's just say this. Are we are we acting as if Ben Simmons is still on the Sixers, even though we know he's gone? We have to. We have to act because he's still on the roster. So Okay. Yeah, we have to just imagine that all that works out for the Sixers. Even with Ben Simmons, I still would not have them in the, in the same tier as the Nets and the Bucks. Really? Really, yeah. How about you? I have them as a contender because I don't really see a third team that's better than them in the East right now. A third because team that's better? Well, you don't think the Hawks are better than them? No, I, I don't think the Hawks are better than them. I think the Hawks, like, I think Philly just had a really, really bad playoffs last year. That's why Hawks were able to get through, and Hawks were also on just like some next level last year where they were just hitting all their shots, and they were just super young, running the team out of the gym. But I think a veteran team like Philly with the lineup of you know Joel Embiid being a number one option, assuming Ben Simmons is still there, with Tobias Harris also like stepping up, I don't think they're happy with the way they went out last year. I think they'll come back... Uh, pretty strong the only thing with this team that i hate a lot is drummond being on this team like i cannot believe philly picked up andre drummond this guy should be being hakeem olajuwon in china or something like he should not be yeah. in this league bro he's just terrible <laughs> doesn't make sense um Does let me ask sense. you one question then do you yeah. think the bucks can beat the nets like i'm not asking you if you think they will i'm asking you if they can yes of course okay do you think the yeah. sixers can beat the nets no then I don't think they should put be in the contender tier. But I think the I Sixers going to beat the Bucks. I think the Sixers going to beat the Bucks. Right, but do you if you don't think the Sixers can come out of the East, well then they're not really contenders, are they? Because they're not contending for the East. I, I see what oh, you're I saying. See, I see what you say. Like technically, you, there's a situation where maybe the Bucks beat the Nets and then the Sixers beat the Bucks. I see right. that. Because it, it all depends on the seedings, right? Like if Nets don't get the first seed. Which I believe, in my opinion, could be, could be a, could could be neither of these teams because, like, I think having a team as a contender in the East doesn't necessarily mean that they'll finish top two. It could be a team that just right. goes off in the playoffs. Right. Yeah. So that's why I stopping, still have Philly up there. I got you. But what what's stopping the Bucks playing Hacka Simmons just like the Hawks did? I mean, it. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong, but it, we just have to hope that Ben Simmons gets better. Like if. If that's the only strategy that's beating Philly, like if Hawks, the only way they beat Philly was by doing Hacker Simmons, then I think the Philly franchise should be bought out and moved to fucking somewhere else, like Alaska or something. That's terrible. Like, no way you lose a whole series just by one of your star superstar players getting hacked and missing free throws. You know what I mean? Like, it, like if that's the issue, they need a coaching, coaching staff change. Like, then that's, that's, that's just horrible. I mean, Doc Rivers is kind of washed, I think, like, <laughs> for being it's, it's tough, because I believe in Doc Rivers, man, but it, it's just, like, 
that last season was just horrendous. Like last last playoffs, I mean, like it was just horrendous for the Philly. But I still have faith in them, even though I don't like their franchise because I'm a Raptors fan. But I gotta give credit where it's due. I think Joel Embiid is gonna be a lot more motivated. Uh, I think Tobias Harris is gonna be a lot more motivated, and I wanna see if Maxi's gonna take a step up. I wanna see if Thibault and all those guys are gonna take a step up. I could see them be the third seed and be a potential team that comes out of the East. So that's why I have them as a contender. If not, they'll be a playoff lock, for sure. Yeah, fair enough. So what are we going to? What, what are we deciding on here? Because I mean, look, their starting five is as solid as, as possibly can be. Like on paper, they're really good. You got Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Tobias Harris, and uh, beat at the five. I'm not sure who who they played at the four last year. Um, it was Toby. Toby played the four. Okay, so who who was they, it? They had Thibel. Oh, in the starting lineup. I see. Or did they have Danny Green at the two? Danny yeah, Danny Green at the two. Year? Yeah, he was. Uh, it was Ben Green, Thibel, um, Tobias, and Embiid, and then you had Seth Curry off the bench. Right. I think Seth Curry will probably start, which is better for them, though that's probably so a, a minus defensively. So it really yeah. depends on what they want to do. Do they want more offense or do they want more defense? I think they've got enough defense, so I, I think probably Seth Curry will start. I think that's better for them. So. For me personally, I think they might be a playoff lock, but I can I can see they're yeah that you know they're they're probably in the world where Ben Simmons stays and he probably comes yeah. back better. I'd probably have them you know again. I just don't think they're on the same tier as the Bucks and the Nets. So for okay. that reason, I wouldn't have them as a contender. But yeah, you know I I'd, I'd have them as as the three seed. I can respect that. I mean, what we'll do is we'll just leave them there for now, and then if we want to debate later on, we'll just bring them down to playoff lock. If anything, fair enough. All right, next up, let's do the Atlanta Hawks, the team that defeated the 76ers last season. I have the Hawks as a playoff lock. I think I think Trey Young is going to come out and have like an MVP type of season. Uh, let me just pull up their roster quick. I think John Collins is getting the bag, takes a lot of stress off his shoulders. I think he's going to want to prove it. We know Clint Capella is solid. Uh, Gallinari is solid. Kevin Herter is solid. I want to see DeAndre Hunter. I think he was injured last season, right, during the playoffs? Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited for to see him come back. Uh, I cannot wait to see how good Jalen Johnson is going to be on this team. Like, Cam Reddish is going to be back. Lou Williams is a great mentor. I really like this team, man. Like, I think in the offseason, they did a really good job of retelling this team. Um, they also have Sharif Cooper, who could be, like, under uh, Lou Williams and Trey Young's mentorship, could be a really good scorer in the league because they're all both small hey. guards. Absolutely, and they also added AJ Lawson and Timothy Luwawu Cabrero. So yeah. those are two guys, three guys with 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 Cooper. That you know, if, if everything goes well, um, you know, this could be that that could be just an re- absolutely ridiculous team. Because worst case scenario, you know, if if they're trying to contend right now, and you know, why wouldn't you be? I don't know if you're looking for a rebuild or not, but you could easily package, um, you know, some of those, you know, maybe DeAndre Hunter. And then, uh, you know, maybe maybe Cooper, depending on how he does. You know, they've got a lot of young pieces to move for, like, another star. I don't know if salary would work that way, but, you know, they, they, they could do something like that. So that's another reason why, why they definitely deserve to be in this spot. Yeah. I think what would be an interesting video is, like, if later down the road, if we talked about some hypothetical trades that could really, like, help some of these teams from go from playoff lock to contender or... If we see that a team's not that is not really gonna be like moving the needle this year, you know, give some potential trades to them. So that's something that we can definitely talk about in another episode. Um, yeah, so we're good with the Hawks being a playoff lock. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think, look, they're such a young team, and they showed so much skill. I mean, who knows if they would have beat the Bucks, uh last season if they had Hunter and Trey Young healthy all you know through the entire series. Yeah. They they might have. They genuinely might have. They stole games. Because they definitely stole games. Exactly. And this year, they're all going to be a year older, and they've gotten some reinforcements. So it's going to be a tough team to beat. It really will be. They also got the confidence, bro. So Absolutely. it's going to be solid. And, you know, a full offseason with Nate McMillan, like, because, you know, he just came on after their head coach got fired. So I'm excited yep. for Nate to, like, you know, really have a full offseason with this team. The next, next up, the next playoff lock team, we have the Chicago Bulls. Easily. Has to be playoff lock. I think a lot of people have question mark on how their roster is going to work out. Uh, but I have no doubt in my mind because I think Lonzo, you know, pass first. You you got DeMar who, like, if you really need him to be the, like, the second or third option. I, in my opinion, I think DeMar should be the third option on this team. Let Vooch and uh, Zach Levine ball out the most. And I think with DeMar being a third option would be really good for this team. Um, I don't know what else to really say aside from I think they had one of the best off seasons I've seen them have in like a really long time. Like Absolutely. you got Alonzo, Demar, Zach Levine, and Vucevic. That's a really good four. And they got Patrick Williams, who could play the four, who could play the four. And, and don't forget Markin. Yeah, or did they trade still there? No, Markin is still on the right? team. Uh, right. Wait, no. Did Markin get traded? No, he's not on the roster anymore. I believe he did get yeah, traded. Yeah, you know what? He did get traded. That's what I remember. Where yeah. did he get traded to? Let's see. Mark. Oh, he got traded to the Cavs? Was it? He got traded to the Cavs. Yep. Yeah. It was, it was a sign and trade. Which is hilarious. Rest in peace, Mobu. Yeah. I, can't, I don't know what the Cavs are doing, but we'll get there. And also, the underrated pickup in Caruso. I think Caruso is a very underrated yeah. pickup, especially with him winning the championship with the Lakers. Knowing how to play around superstars like LeBron and AD, I think Caruso is going to be really good on the court with having like you know guys that are like more priority in terms of options um, with the ball. I really like that, and obviously defensively, getting Derrick Jones Jr. from Portland was a really good pickup as well. Like Derrick Jones Jr. was really solid for the Miami Heat in the bubble, and you know I'm excited to see him back in the East compete and you know be with a good roster yeah i have Absolutely. them as a playoff lock man yeah you know what i didn't have them as a playoff uh well i did my i did my tiers differently right i didn't really have them as uh i had them as numbers rather than than um than titles so i had them in kind of like the tier three but you know what yeah I, you know you, you can't say that they won't be playoff locks um the only just briefly before i go on to that point because i want to make a point about you know the only situation where they end up being a um more so a, a a play-in team. I'll get into that, but they also, let's not forget that they also added in some Raptors. They added in Elise Johnson, Alize Johnson. Um, they added in Stanley Matt Johnson Thomas. and Matt Thomas. So, you know, they've got perimeter shooting, they've got rebounding, and they've got defense right there. That's what you've got. So that's, um, you know, th those being your end-of-bench guys is pretty elite. So not Bro, only do they have a, a, good a great turning five, they've got elite depth. Yeah, they got three players that come from a good system, from a winning program. Like, I think I'm just happy to see Stanley Johnson on the roster again because I think that guy, like, a lot of people just gave up on him, especially after, like, how high he got drafted and his career not really panning out the way everyone thought it would pan out. But you, you can't take away his hustle. You can't take away his work ethic. That kid's hungry. He grinds his ass off. And I think on a team like this, he's perfect. So I really like the Stanley Johnson pickup as well. 
Uh, Matt Thomas is going to get a lot of open shots, especially if he gets to run the court with Lonzo. All he has to do is just stand in the corner and Lon- if he plays. Um, let's hope he does. We want to see our Raptors guys get minutes. And I hope Elise Johnson really gets good minutes with them because you know he's shown that he hustles he'll grab board he'll do a lot of the dirty work without really demanding the ball so i really like that pickup as well yeah i have them as i have them up there man i have them as my playoff lock uh they could be the fourth seed down to the sixth seed that's where i have them right now uh next I think up the, the only situ- the only situation really where where they could end up in the plan is is if look we saw that when Vucevic came in, we thought, wow, we're going to see something special, and we didn't. Yeah. We, we saw that they were actually quite underwhelming. They were arguably a worse team, um, which was weird, because even though they had more talent, they were playing worse as a team. Um, so, you know, you might be thinking, look, like, what if that happens again? Now you're not just adding Vucevic, you're also adding in DeMar DeRozan into the mix, which how is that, how is that going to work out with, with DeMar? Um, sorry, how is that going to work out with Levine? And yeah. then you've also got Lonzo. So now you don't have one dude coming. You've got two other dudes to to mix in with the with the combination that was already not working toward the end of the season. On top of that, where is the defense coming from, really? Lonzo is okay. Levine is all right. You know, like none of these guys defense. are great. Exactly. So none of these guys are great defenders. So that's that's the only that's the only thing in that. In the that fit. Respect that, you're right. The fit is what I stress about as well. Uh, sorry, not stress about because I don't care about the Bulls. Concerned about when it comes to the Bulls. Um, it, it's just like, I want to see how it's going to work, but we can't discredit the talent that they have on their team. And I think when you have good talent, uh, good leadership, I, I think DeMar's a great leader. I think Busevich is a very unselfish player. As Zach Levine has been just developing every single year, getting better, I think they'll figure it out. I don't see them getting too hot right out of the gate. They'll probably be a little slow, but... I think their star power could take them to playoff. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Next up, the other team that I think will make the playoffs easily is the Miami Heat. I'm going to let you take away for that one because I'm still sad about Larry not being on our Raptors anymore. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Heat? Uh, yeah, let's just see their roster because I know they, they were very active in the um, in the offseason. Let me read so them out to you. So they're starting fives. Yeah. yeah, so we got Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, Kyle Lowry, Markeith Morris, Victor Oladipo, Duncan Robinson. Those are those are like the main ones. PJ Tucker, like the main significant Jeez. names. And then you still have Gabe Vincent, who's solid. You still have Dwayne Dedman, who was a solid big for them. Oh yeah. Um, Mar- Max Strauss, like had a crazy buzzer beater in the uh, in summer league. Omer Yurtsevin was balling out in the summer league. I think they have a really good roster. It's just a matter of putting it together and them actually hitting their form at the right time. I think where this team will become deadly is if, like, the lower third of the season, like, let's say with uh, with only 20 games left or 30 games left, I think if they hit their form around that time of the year, I think this team's going to be really dangerous going into the playoffs. Right. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just trying – I was trying to look real quickly at um... – it's a little bit more difficult, I think. I was trying to see exactly where they were, the Miami Heat, last season at three-point shooting. Um, that's kind of what I was looking at real quick, but I think it's going to be a little bit difficult to find. Um, but I noticed that in the playoffs, one of the reasons why they got swept by the Bucks was because outside of Duncan Robinson, they didn't have a lot of shot creation. No. Jimmy Butler was brick city, brick central. 
Brick Metropolis. Yep. This dude was absolutely awful. Leave Brick. <laughs> um, yeah, he was. You know, he was okay defensively. Absolutely, like he always is. But yeah. man, oh man, oh man, this dude could not create a shot. This was like the the opposite of what we saw in the bubble. Um, so they were relying a lot on Bam Adebayo, but especially Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson was the only reason they even stood a chance. I mean, that dude is overpowered as hell. He can yeah. make a three. Him in the pick and roll. Jeez, bro, man. his he threes is. off the screen. Duncan Robinson's threes off the I'm screens saying. get me so excited, and I'm not even a Miami Heat fan. That's yeah. exactly what I was saying. Just he's he's just oh man, he he was just one of the pickups of the seasons. Of the season, um, of the off season, I guess you could say he, yeah. you know, it, it, for me, I was like, I really hope Duncan Robinson goes to the Bucks because if he goes to the Bucks, I've got the Bucks over the Nets, arguably. Like, I, honestly, like I really wanted to see that because that's exactly who the Bucks were missing—another Middleton. You know what I mean? That kind of spaces the floor for Middleton as well, because you've got defense. Giannis is enough to carry a lot of defensive Yo, burden. Can you himself, imagine so. a Drew Holiday, Duncan Robinson, Chris Middleton, Bobby Portis, and Giannis lineup? I'm sorry, Miami Heat fans. I know we're talking about your arch nemesis and talking about one of your beloved players being on the Bucks. But hey, man, we're also NBA basketball fans. Like we gotta talk about yeah. these things. I think that would be a litty, litty, titty team. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So, so that's the thing. Like uh, you know, shot creation was their issue last year, and now they've got Kyle Lowry. Now they got Kyle Lowry and Duncan Robinson. So you've got two shot creators. How long does Kyle Lowry stay an elite shot creator? I guess we're going to find out. But, you know, for that reason, I think that they could definitely be a top four seed. I think they they, they probably will be. Um, yeah. They could be either a top four or a top six seed. But, yeah, you know, they, again, they identified their need and they got it. They got playmaking and, and shot creation. And that's exactly what they needed in the, yeah. um, in the playoffs last season. Yeah, well, nothing else to really say about the Miami Heat. We already know what they're going to be, uh, have a defensive identity for sure. Moving on. Now we're kind of breaking into the play-in. Uh, side of things. Let's talk about the Boston Celtics. I'm gonna let you take this one the most because I have them as a playing team. Uh, I know you love your Boston Celtics, especially the Jalen's. Uh, sorry, not the Jalen's. Jason Tatum's and uh, Jalen Brown. The Jays. <laughs> take the it Jays away, man. Give me your thoughts. Me. Give me your thoughts on your yeah. beloved Celtics. Yeah, we're not gonna call them my Celtics because uh, <laughs> I'm a Raptors fan, but. Uh, I do love watching the Celtics play. I mean, they are an extremely talented team uh, every in every single position. I'm a huge Marcus Smart fan, huge Robert Williams fan, and obviously I love the Jays. Um, here's the thing. Uh, we we kind of briefly discussed this in another video. They got worse as a team. They lost Fournier and they lost Kemba, two shot creators and two people that can make open threes. They replaced them with Dennis Schroeder and presumably Aaron Naismith. Is going to be stepping up now so those you know you're replacing Kemba and Evan Fournier with Naismith and Schroeder that's going to make you worse right off the bat that's going to make you worse now you've got Al Horford at the five which is something oh brother um, you know it's you know it's He's not, back for vacation it's not, yeah like it's not terrible but you know what like it's better than seeing you know Grant Williams at the five or, or at the four and you know you know there are a lot of other things that we could have seen so it's it's good if we didn't have Al Horford on this lineup I don't know why I'm saying we. If the Celtics didn't have Al Horford in this lineup, the, the lineup could include one of, you know, um, Grant Williams or Aaron Naismith. And I think that it's better off having Robert Williams and Al Horford together. I think that's that's definitely better. Um, yeah. But yeah, their their issue was, you know, last season was not shot creation, as a lot of people think. Their issue was, uh, I guess, consistent offense. 
they they ran a lot of ISO under Brad Stevens, and that was you know that led to a lot of problems. They also gave Tatum a bit too large of a green light, uh, particularly in the clutch, which you know I think the Celtics were a pretty decent clutch team, particularly defensively. But you know there were so many times, so many times where Jalen Brown was waiting, you know, in the wing with his with his hands literally like this, ready ready for the catch. And Tatum would just ignore him, and a lot of players would just ignore, um, you know, uh, what yeah, was going on too. around them. So the thing is, look, their main issue was, like I said, it was it was kind of offensive consistency, which I think the new coach will, uh, Odoka is going to fix up. He was already preaching team basketball and all that, but they're a significantly less talented basketball team than they were last season and than they were the season before. Right. So that's the issue. That's the reason, you know, if they still had the, if they just ran it back with the same roster, I'd probably have them as a contender. You know, you just got to change the coach. And I would honestly have them as a contender. They've got all the talent they need. Robert Williams is the ultimate KD slash Giannis stopper. He is. He genuinely is. No, There's I, I nobody else that can do a better job. There's nobody that can do a better job on either of those guys than Robert Williams. So, unfortunately, because they got worse in those areas, um, even by increasing their offensive consistency, they're still going to be lacking in shot creation. They're still going to be lacking in role players that can make open shots when when the Jays get double teamed. So that's going to be the issue. Um, so for that reason, I think that they're you know pretty comfortably in you know a top four seed. Okay. Uh, you know maybe top five. But yeah, they're, they for that reason they just they won't be a contender and they probably so, won't get super far in the playoffs. So you would you put the Celtics ahead of any of the teams we have up top? I would put the Celtics above the Bulls, above the Heat. Um, I I might have them above the Sixers depending on what happens with Ben Simmons, and I think I'd have them above the Hawks maybe. Yeah. So you have you know them what? right I now as a top them, four seed locked. Yeah, like I said, like I said in our earlier video, um, I, I have the Celtics as the four seed. Okay, so, so if we put the Celtics in the four seed, we gotta bring the Bulls down because I don't think that the Bulls are gonna be the ones that are really like fighting for the uh, playoff lock. Then uh, that's why it's mean? tough. Like, like for example, right now, if you have if you look at the contenders of the playoff locks, we have six teams locked down, right? If we move the Celtics right. up to the playoff locks, one of these oh, teams see. is gonna I get bumped down, which in my opinion is probably Chicago Bulls. Yeah, I got you. Because they have um, more to yeah, figure you know out with their team. Yeah. Um, well, what is your take on the Celtics? We heard a lot about me talking, but would you have them over any of those teams? The only thing with the Celtics that I worry about is their guard position, man. Like, their point guard. Like, like I think the team has been dealing with so much point guard leadership issues for the last, like, since, like, Isaiah Thomas, really. Because you had IT snapping, carry this team, like, really far. Then IT gets shipped off for Kyrie. We're like, okay, they're going to hit another tier because they also just got Gordon Hayward. We all know how that turns out. Kyrie's out the door. Now you got Kemba. Kemba comes in, doesn't really take him over the hump, and now he's gone. And now you got Dennis Schroeder, who's probably the worst out of all those three point guards I just mentioned. And then you got Peyton Pritchard, who's a small point guard, but like he was balling out in the summer league, and when he's given the chance, he's shown to be a serviceable point guard. So like, I think that's the biggest thing for me question mark with the Celtics but the thing is I really like that team and I think they got a lot of talent I really like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum um the center position is also a big thing for me like I don't know if Al Horford could really be the guy I think like Time Lord's probably gonna play a lot of those minutes um yeah I think outside of like 
Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, I don't know how much I can really put into their stocks. But then again, like hearing you talk about it has me pretty convinced because a lot of people also kind of like undermine Marcus Smart's uh, impact on the team, especially off the court. Because yeah. we see it on the court, but especially off the court, like keeping the team together, being really vocal. He's a very high IQ player. Um, to me, he's just like a smaller Draymond Green, to be honest, that can shoot consistently. That's how I see him. Yeah. Um, sure he can play a lot of different um, things. You, you just, I just wanted to respond. I was just kind of waiting for you to finish talking about how you said that the main issue, or at least the main question mark, that you had was you know who who is their point guard and is their point guard position really going to be short up and i want to give you a reassuring reaffirming yes because marcus smart will take that position and he will make it his own you think to he's God. gonna be the pg he, he had to keep on switching between point guard and shooting guard and point guard and shooting guard every time kemba came in and out of the lineup and right. you know even for the last two seasons and that's not been good for, well no technically two seasons ago he wasn't really in the starting lineup much but he is a point guard like I've always said, he's a better defender than Kyle Lowry, and he is arguably a better playmaker than Kyle Lowry. If you see some of the passes that he is capable of yeah, making... Yeah, I like, think you're capping there a bit, bro. That's okay. That's okay. I'm not saying he's a better player than Kyle Lowry because it doesn't even come close. It doesn't come close. Kyle Lowry uh, is by far and away the better player. But when we're talking about facilitation, when we're talking about playmaking, like the way that he's able to read the lane, he's, you know, Kyle, Kyle Lowry's great. He, he, he really, really is, but... In those particular areas, I've got Marcus Smart uh, by by a little bit, and you know, I think that once he gets kind of point guard just nailed down a little bit, it's going to allow him to focus on those traits because as shooting guard, he's not a great shooter. He's a streaky shooter, and that's the issue. Some games he'll be amazing, and then some games he'll be really bad, and mostly he'll be really bad. Most of the games he was really bad, but that was let's just hope he's only bad shots. against the Raptors. <laughs> yeah, but he was forcing shots. His shot selection was terrible last season. And so if you move him to the point guard, you're allowing him to excel more so in the particular areas in which he is best at, which is defense and playmaking. So you limit the shot selection, the crap shot selection, him taking so many shots and that are bad shots, and you allow those shots to go to the better, more capable playmakers. Because I'd rather have Jason Tatum slightly contested than Marcus Smart open three. That's that's me personally, and I think that's a lot of okay. Celtics fans. And it's the same I'm, goes I'm, with I'm Jalen Brown. I'm sold on so it. that's the thing. So for that reason, I think Marcus. Look, we, we saw the same thing with Fred Van Vliet. It, when when we had, if you remember the beginning of the 1920 season, I always refer to this. When we had Kyle Lowry and Ibaka out during that road trip. Remember when we played the Lakers and the Clippers back to back, and we had that road trip and they were out, and Fred Van Vliet was running point. It was the beginning of the season, almost like it was literally the very very beginning, and so Fred was kind of like he was able to enter the season with the point guard mindset and live it out. And so he never had to worry about creating shots uh, for himself. He never really had to be thinking about, you know, I got to shoot the basketball. No, he was just in that point guard mindset because he came into the season straight and he that's all he had to worry about. I'm a playmaker. I'm a point guard. That's all I got to think about. But when you're constantly switching back and forth, it's difficult to be that point guard. That's where a lot of the criticisms of Fred Van Vliet come from. A lot of the criticisms are that he's a bull hog. He dribbles too much. And, you know, he, he just whips out shots that, you know, that are just crap. Yeah, his shot selection needs improvement. But that's the thing. Sometimes you see him playing the point guard and you're like, oh, look, you know, he's a terrible point guard because he doesn't create for other people. That's because he's in the mindset of a shooting guard. Because it's not easy to constantly be playing as a shooting guard, then switch to point guard and be expected to change your whole game up. Yeah. It's not easy to do that, to do it back and forth. And that's exactly what you're seeing with Marcus Smart.
So he's going to be one of the best point guards in the East this season. I'm very okay. confident about it, and that everyone's going to see that. that that's so a, that's that a reason, hot take. That's but my. I'll buy some stocks. I'll buy some stocks. <laughs> All right. So moving on to the next team. Next up, we got the New York Knicks. I think they're a playing team. I know a lot of people are going to like, especially Knicks fans. After the season that they had yes, uh, last season, they're probably going to be like, "What? Like, no way!" I don't. Even, I don't know. I don't want to imitate how people in New York talk, but. Um, yeah, man. I, I think they're a solid team. Uh, I'm just pulling up their roster here so we can quickly take a look yeah, at it. Yeah, what would their starting five look like? Their starting five would be Kemba, Fournier, Barrett. Uh, um, Barrett, well, would Randall, Barrett play the and, three? Yeah, I guess yeah. he would play the three. Yeah, but, Barrett, Randall, and uh, then Robinson. Mitchell Robinson. Man, that's a good team. That's a good team. I just don't know. It's Especially with quickly off the bench, they also got Alex Burke off the bench, who was like a good scorer for the last year. Uh, Neil is Noel. Taz Gibson is serviceable. I mean, this is the third time he's playing for uh, Thibodeau. I think Obi Toppin's probably going to get minutes next year, too. Like, it's it's a good team. I just don't see them really be, like, the playoff lock team, especially in that stacked Atlantic division. Because they're going to be fighting yeah. against, like, even if the Raptors are the worst team in the Atlantic division, they're still playing the Nets. They're sp- still playing Boston. They're still playing Philly. So I don't know if they're significantly better than those, better than Boston, Philly, or Nets. Obviously, um, I I don't see them being better than Boston Celtics. I think there's more with the Knicks to figure out than the Celtics. There's just a lot more talent on the Celtics, in my opinion, as well. Uh, so I have I have them better as a playing team right now. Exactly. So that's why I have the Knicks as a playing team. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for, I, I agree with everything that you said. I think that the Knicks have a, a spectacularly talented roster, um, but yeah. the Celtics for me are a little bit deeper. They've got way better defense; like it doesn't even come close. And the yeah. rebounding is also significantly better. Um, you've also got a like the, look. The Knicks superstar is Julius Randle. Celtics yeah. superstar is a top five player, in my opinion, in Jason Tatum. So you know, in the league, I think, I think it kind of ends there. I'd say so. J- yeah. You think JT is a top five player in the league? Do you think Luka Doncic is a top five player in the league? Yes. Then I I, I think that Jason Tatum does almost everything that, that Luka Doncic does. Luka Doncic is just a way better playmaker. Um, but Jason Tatum is also slightly better defensively. He's way more athletic. He can he can run to the rim. You know, so I I, okay. I think Jason Tatum, if you got Luka Doncic as a top five player, I don't think you can leave Jason Tatum too far behind. So the point is that there's a huge discrepancy. Yeah, I don't, just, the point is that there's a huge discrepancy between the talent, like the most talented player on the Celtics and the most talented player on the Knicks, and that alone is. is oh no, I agree. I agree. It's a night and day difference. Like JT is like your four and a half to five star, while Randall is like your three and a half to four star. Like yeah, you know, four and a half, like when he's having the craziest game of his career. But um, yeah, no, I agree on that. All right, so Knicks, they're gonna be your playing team. Next up, this might be a hot take. I got the Wizards as a playing team. Oof. That's really? a hot take. I have the Wizards as a playing team. Now, wow. let me pull up their roster. Let me pull up their roster. I know, that's a shocker, right? But I, I believe in the Wizards. I think Bradley Beal, uh, assuming he's going to stay. Um, yeah, I think KCP is solid. I think Dinwiddie, like, finally having the keys to a franchise where he can be the main, main point guard, I think he's going to be solid as well because this is really the first time he's getting that opportunity because in the Nets... With the Nets, he had D'Lo to compete against, and then obviously after D'Lo left, they got Kyrie. Um, 
Obviously, we know Brad Beal is going to ball out, especially if he has another 30-point game season, uh, 30 points per game season. I think guys like Kuzma and Montrez Harrell are going to be really, really, like, motivated to do well. And another reason why I think they're going to do well, bro, is because of their division. Their division is actually, like, it's strong, but it's not that strong. Because their playing against, from what I'm looking at, is Orlando, Charlotte, Atlanta, and Miami. They're going to beat on Charlotte and Orlando, in my opinion. That's where my thoughts at. I know you're shocked. I know you're not sold. But I have the Wizards you, as a play-in. Can you tell me the Wizards roster? Like, their starting five? Their starting five will be Spencer Dinwiddie, Brad Beal, okay. Kyle Kuzma, uh, Rui Hachimura, and Montrez Harrell. That team is... <laughs> That team is lottery for me, man. Like that's for me. That's probably. Lottery? I think that's for me. That's worse. That's worse than the. Oh, man. They're ten okay, seed for me. I think at best, at best, they're ten seed for me. Yeah, I would say that. I would say they're yeah. top of the lottery. Yeah, they're top of the lottery. Yeah. Like ten seed, eleven seed. Um, I don't see them being like a top, like eight team, being in the play-in. They'll be like either barely making the play-in or they'll be the lottery. So for now, I'll leave them in play, but then we can debate later and see if there's anybody that knocked them off. You know what? I compromised with the Celtics, leaving them in the plan. I think that we should move these guys to the lottery because I've got, I think, two teams off the top of my head that are that are more play-in logs. Okay, so I'm going to move the Wizards down because uh, I yeah. do see the Hornets being better than them, actually. And even the Pacers, right. I've got, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Okay, let's talk about the Pacers. the first thing that came to my mind. Okay, I was gonna go with the Raptors, but yeah, we can we can talk about the Pacers. Um, so the Pacers have uh, who did they bring in as coach? I'm trying to remember. I'm not sure. Uh-huh. You know what? Let me quickly take a look. I feel like he was he was really good. I'm trying to think. Oh, it's Rick Carlisle. I keep forgetting oh my god! This name. How do we forget? It's Rick Carlisle, bro. We got Rick Carlisle as their coach. Yeah. So you know, so what do they have? They have. Um, they have a really good team. They got Brogdon still. What? They got Brogdon, Brogdon. They got Sabonis. That's their core, pretty much. They got uh, Levert, Karis Levert. Miles Turner. Miles Turner. O'Shea Brissett, who was balling out towards the end. They got their lottery pick in Chris Duarte. I think he was a lottery pick. But Duarte is pretty solid. Um, TJ McConnell is a really solid backup point guard. Uh, aside from that, there's really nothing else on their team. And TJ Warren. So th- they're pretty good yeah, across I... the board. Like their top seven is a and pretty, Sumner... pretty solid. Sumner was also a pretty pretty good player. Um, he was he was showing that he was a pretty good player toward the end of last season, but he just he's out for the season now. Uh, just got announced yesterday. Uh, not too sure exactly what happened with him, but yeah. And I believe uh, is TJ TJ Warren still plays for the. Uh, he still plays for the. Pacers, still plays, yes. Apparently, he still doesn't have a timeline to return, so he's also gone. So they're not a particularly deep team with those two guys still out. Um, right, that's why I have them to play in become... our lottery. Play right. in our lottery for me. Right. Um, yeah, so for that reason, yeah, I think that they, they'd probably... I don't think that... I think there are two teams that are probably above them. But yeah, I think that they are a... They are definitely a... a okay, uh, who do you who do you think's above them? Let's let's talk about them next. I've got, I've got Raptors and the Hornets above them. All right, so let's talk about the Hornets first. So, Hornets. We already know LaMelo Ball is going to go off next season. He's going to probably try to push yeah. for an all-star season. Uh, Book Knight it might be their sixth or seventh man off the bench. Um, 
I'm excited to see how Miles Miles Bridges is gonna improve more, and I think Kelly, having so Kelly Oubre, yeah, like I think even having Kelly Oubre on their team is gonna be pretty solid. Um, Tay Rozier still there. Ish Smith is low key a really good pickup for them as a backup guard, and hopefully PJ Washington balls out. This is a very question mark team because I want to know if Gordon Hayward's gonna stay or not. Like if they're gonna keep him or flip him. Um, yeah, like it, it, it's a tough team to really predict. I think it's gonna go as far as Lamella Ball takes them. I know it's hard to like really pin your head on that right now because he's a second year player coming in, but it's gonna be all based on how he runs the offense. And I think with Carlisle having experience like playing with big guards like Luca and also having like a floor general in uh, Jason Kidd back in the day, I think he might be able to really make good use of uh, Lamella Ball. What do you think? Yeah, it might be. I, I agree with everything that you said. I think that um, Lamelo Ball is. I think he's going to be an All Star this year. Um, yeah. I, I, I really, really do. I think that he's he's generational in my opinion. I I, yeah. I think that highly of him. Yeah, I the think that Ben is, Simmons spot is open. The Ben Simmons uh, right. spot in the All Star game is open, so I think Lamelo might take it. What was your question? Yeah. Who who do you think is uh, going to be their five this year? Because they got rid of um, Cody Zeller. Their five. Um. I, PJ I, Washington right now, is he gonna play the five? I think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna play. The, I think Mason Plumlee might get the start. Oh, they got Plumlee. That's right. Yeah, they're gonna do it yeah. by committee. Okay. I think they're gonna do it by committee because you have Lamelo as your point guard. Uh, their shooting guard's probably gonna be. Shoot, that's a tough one because they don't really have a lot of shooting guards. If they want to go jumbo size, they could put Hayward at the two. Probably Hayward um, at the two, and then Ubre at the three. Involves like. Maybe Kai Jones at the three or Ubre at the three, sure, and then Miles yeah. Bridges at the four, and then you got Plumlee at the five. That's a pretty strong team That's for a me. Pretty strong team. I think that they're way deeper than the uh, than the Pacers, and that's the thing. And Much I also deeper. think that they're pretty. You know, they're, they're just hmm? Much deeper. I think even if the Pacers were healthy, like with TJ Warren there too, I I don't think the Hornets are lower than them. I definitely think that the Hornets are more talented. Like, we haven't even talked about yeah. Book Knight getting a lot of minutes or Kai Jones getting a lot of minutes. Um, exactly. I really like that team. And the thing is and the thing is that, look, the Pacers have injury concerns. If they if, if they stay healthy the full season, then I I don't know. I might take them over the Hornets, but I don't think that they will. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's there's that element, too, because, you know, if every both teams fully healthy, who do you have defensively? Would you have the Pacers? I, I have the Pacers. Yeah, I probably have the Pacers as well. But the thing is, I think Hornets' offense is going to be too strong for the Pacers to handle anyways, especially with, like, LaMelo running the ball, like, running the point. Because um, at the end of the day, like, great offense is always going to beat great defense. It's just how hard is it going to be to score. And I think the Hornets have a lot more weapons on offense for the Pacers to stop. Because right now, like, perimeter-wise, the Pacers are pretty strong uh, defensively. Like, in the paint, they're really strong with Miles Turner and Sabonis down there, but I think their out-perimeter defense can't keep up with guys like Booknight, Hayward, LaMelo, uh, even Terry Rozier in there. So it's going to be really hard for them to uh, get over that. Yeah, I think it's difficult to judge the Pacers because, you know, they were kind of one of the great mysteries of last season. How do you have a yeah. roster that good and it's still not working? You know, right. it is, a lot of that can be pinned down to that coaching issue that they had internally, but... Um, you know, that's the thing. So I, you know, there's something unnatural. You know, it feels unnatural to kind of have them have the Pacers as a lottery team. Um, but 
you know, I really don't think that they're going to stay healthy. I think for me, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. You know, usually when you have injury prone players, you have injury prone players. And usually you need to rely on your depth to get to get you past that. And they just don't have the depth because even those players are injured. Their, yeah. their best bench players are injured. So that's the thing. I think that's the thing it comes down to. But I think it's really close. I think you could easily switch the Pacers and the Hornets. But for me, because of the injury concerns, I think that that's the thing that separates them quite quite largely. Yeah. The last thing I want to add before we move on, I made a quick mis- I made a really silly mistake. For for a second, I thought that Rick Carlisle was a coach of uh, Hornets. That's how I was making the Luca and uh, Jason Kidd comparison to Lamelo being a bigger guard. So yeah, for the people that are listening, my bad on that. I my, my I just had a brain <laughs> fart for a quick second. Uh, all right, moving on to the next team. I think the last team in the play playing is the Toronto Raptors. I I don't think that's a yep. no brainer. I have them either at the 10th seed or higher. I don't see them going anywhere lower than that. Uh, I think Pascal's going to have a revenge season. I think OG Anunoby's going to get a, a lot more opportunities. And, you know, like, especially with how you're talking about Fred Van Vliet and the Marcus Smart situation earlier when we are talking about the Celtics, I think Fred's going to be a great playmaker for this team now that he has to play that role specifically. Uh, because now you can have Gary Trent who can also create shots. You have OG who can probably create shots. Yeah, Pascal could create shots. So if, play, if Fred can really play that playmaker role, I see this team going really far. Uh, I have them as a play-in, 10th seed lowest, but I could also see them potentially grab like a 6th seed and stick into the playoff lock. Yeah, um, I, I think I agree with most of what you said. The only thing is that, you know, out of the teams that we have in that four, we got the Knicks, the Celtics, the Raptors, and the uh, Hornets. I think right. I'd have them right after the Celtics. I, I think that they're better than the Knicks and they're better than the Hornets, and that's largely because of their defense. I yeah. think that I mean, the gap. Not in order, but I agree. I think the gap between them defensively um, is huge, but when it comes to the Raptors versus the Celtics, I do not think the gap between them defensively is huge, um, particularly because you've got Robert Williams, and he just again, I'm just a huge Robert Williams fan. I think Tatum <laughs> is also going to be able to hold his own defensively but anyways we've already talked about the Celtics the point is that I think defense is good you know nobody has the absolute elite switchability that the Raptors have on defense now we have a team full of six nine dudes which is which is crazy and we don't have anybody taller than six nine so you know that's at least without the uh, new acquisitions that we haven't counted yet I'm not sure about um Bonga's height and um and uh, the, the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder player that we Ball acquired. Six, eight. Uh, I Ball don't know how to six, pronounce eight. his last name. Svi Mikhailuk or something like that. Mikhailuk? <laughs> I don't know yeah, how to yeah. pronounce it exactly. But, Svi Mikhailuk. Uh, um, he's 6'7". I think that... Right. So I think the defense is going to be a... Um, is, is going to be a huge decider for us. I think that's the reason why I'd have us comfortably in the plan. I, I think that you know we're right after the Celtics, in my view. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, and, and I think that shot creation is going to improve across the board. Me and uh, Reese and I spoke about it a lot in the roster preview special that came yeah. out uh, just last week. You know, Fred's going to take a shot creation leap. OG is, Siakam is, Gary Trent is, our entire team is, and we still have yet to see what Scotty Barnes is going to bring to the table with respect yeah. to shot creation. Because yeah. we saw a really, really beautiful sneak peek in certain moments in certain games in the summer league where he was taking players off the dribble and you know, um, with that hook shot that he's got in the post, he can operate wherever he wants. He can operate on the perimeter, in the mid-range, in the paint. You know, we didn't see it at a consistent level, but we saw high, high-quality uh, shot creation from him in particular moments. So if we can get that out of him consistently, 
that is going to be uh, huge for us. That is going to I be agree. absolutely huge for us. And OG is going to take another leap. So, you know, so not only do you have that ridiculous defense that separates us from the rest of the teams, but the offense, the offensive potential there, the the and not just potential as in it's something we could see, but I think that we're likely to see a huge offensive jump from the team in general because those there are so many players that are going to be, you know, Siakam and Fred are both entering their primes. Then what we're forgetting here is, um, you know, the Knicks, the Celtics, and the Hornets were all in the playoffs last year, right? But the Raptors weren't. They've had a full, full offseason to work. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So that that is really, really valuable. Siakam was even talking to Open Gym about it at, toward the end of last season. He was saying, um, you know, as a player, all you want is more time to work on your skills during the offseason. And then he was like, but, you know, obviously we don't want to be there. You don't want that more time because you want to be in the playoffs. You want to compete, but regardless, yeah. you know, if, the point is that he recognizes that he wanted more time during the offseason to work on himself, as every number one option should. Right, no number one option should be heading into the season thinking, "Yeah, I've done all the work I need to do." Yeah, that, that's a, some Ben Simmons crap right there, right? <laughs> so, so I think that you know, I genuinely think the Raptors are going to be comfortably in the play-in. I wouldn't be surprised if they're just a playoff lock. I wouldn't be surprised if they're a top six seed. There's nobody should be surprised. You know, I, I honestly, if if we get the shot creation leap that we that we expect from Gary, from Fred, from OG, from Pascal. And, you know, you add in Scotty Barnes, Precious, Malachi, you know, that huge leap from Malachi that we're getting. All of those things, you shouldn't be surprised if if they're above, uh, you know, if they're maybe the, the five seed, the six seed, if they're above the Heat or the Bulls, yeah. you know, because those are, you know, kind of like relatively newly composed teams. So for that reason, I'm extremely high on the Raptors. I think if you're a Raptors fan, this is the most excited you should be for a season. You should Probably not be down ever. whatsoever. You should not be down whatsoever. There's a lot of talent on this team. There's a lot of personality on this team that we lacked when Serge and uh, Marcus All left, like, and Danny Green left. So I think on and off the court, we're going to see a lot of content from them. We're going to only going to get closer to this team. And to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if this team ends up becoming a contending team in the next three to four years, maybe. So... Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't think I that's agree. a hot take. I think that's that's yeah. All right, let's move on. So next up, let's talk about the Orlando Magic. It's only right to talk about them right after the Raptors, as they now have Jalen Suggs. So I have them as a lottery team. I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. Uh, I don't think this team is built to win right now at all. Hold on, I'm struggling to pull up their roster, and here we go. So. Cole Anthony, Mo Bamba, Michael Carter-Williams, Markel Fultz, RJ Hampton. I just see a lot of talent, man. I just see a lot of talent on this team, a lot of young talent. I just don't know how they're going to develop all this talent without prioritizing some over the other. Right? Like, right. you got Suggs, who needs priority. You got Cole Anthony, who has shown, like, really good leadership abilities and on-the-court performance last year. You got RJ Hampton, who's solid. You have Jonathan Isaac, who has been injury-prone, but he's probably their best defender on the team. Um, Mo Bamba, they're just wasting his talent, so I hope they do something with Mo Bamba. Um, yeah, I don't really know what else to say, man, about this Magic team. Aside from that, I think their franchise is horrible. I'm sorry, Magic fans, but if you guys even have fans. But um, I think this team, I have no clue what they're doing, aside from... <laughs> Yo, they're going to hate me for this. It's, I think it's because I had a lot of issues with Magic fans, but um, we're already yeah, at war. man, we're already at war. But um, 
I think they have a lot of talent. Like their future is bright, but it's only gonna be as bright as where their front office wants to take them. Like at the end of the day, you're gonna have all this talent, but if you don't place them in the right spot, if you don't create the right opportunities for them, it's a waste of their. It's a waste. It's a waste, right? So yeah, I, I, I'm not really that high on them, but I think we're gonna get some really good guard play from their young backcourt and Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs. I agree. I think that they're in the same place as the Oklahoma City Thunder. I think that they're, you know, they're they're just a, a really, really talented young core, and that's about it. Um, that's Robin it. Lopez was a great pickup for them, but I mean, in in retrospect, is he? Because they're not really going to be doing anything. I mean, respectfully, <laughs> so, Robin Lopez only went to only went to Orlando so he could play golf. Like he's in his thirteenth, fourteenth year in the league. To go to Disney World. Yeah, and fight with all the mascots. That's that's why he's going to Orlando, bro. <laughs> that's all he's there for. <laughs> Shout yeah, out to everybody um, that understood that joke. Yeah, no, Splash Mountain, man. Or that might be Brook Lopez. <laughs> I don't remember if uh, Robin Lopez has, you know, the... I, no. I, I know that they have these no. kinds of, like, Orlando, um, <laughs> these Disney World type of nicknames that they gave themselves. But regardless, yeah, they're, they're essentially just an OKC. Um, the thing that would be interesting to see is, you know, they've got so much depth at the guard position, um, particularly at the point guard position. I mean, you know, you've got multiple players that could start in that in that one role. So I think it'd be interesting to see if they end up trading some of that guard depth for a forward, for a really, really yeah. talented forward. Yeah. Um, who knows what that could be? Um, you know, there, there are a lot of options out there, but... You know, it would be it'll it would be really really interesting to see you know what happens there. Maybe maybe the Rockets start calling. Who knows? And maybe that's a potential destination for you know like Christian Wood or John Wall or something like that. Because I could see the Magic maybe wanting to pick up John Wall's contract because you know they they're they're rebuilding. They've got you know they they'll take the extra pick. Have him mentor Suggs and Cole Anthony. Have him mentor Suggs and Cole right. Anthony. I think those three could be really good like rotating that guard position like one to two. Um, yeah, if, if the Magic can get their hands on Christian Wood and maybe give up, like, a couple picks and maybe even Markel Fultz to the Rockets, I don't see why the Rockets wouldn't take someone like Fultz. Um, I, I mean, it depends, because the Rockets are questionable too, right? Like, there's a big question mark on their team because we still haven't seen their rookies perform and they have a significant amount of them. Um, yeah, well, the Rockets I'm, I'm, need to get rid of either John Wall or Christian Wood, and they need a point guard. Right, and mainly John Wall. I think they're gonna mainly get rid of John Wall. He might get bought out. Absolutely. Uh, if John Wall gets bought out, I hope he lands with a team like the Celtics or Clippers. That's that's what I think uh, John Wall should do. But I highly doubt he's gonna I go to the Marcus Celtics. Smart. I don't think he's I gonna go Marcus to the Celtics. I think he hates the Celtics. But, yeah. I'd rather see him with the Lakers. I think John Wall to the Lakers with PG would be pretty solid. Sorry, not Lakers. Clippers, 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 Clippers. Oops, Clippers. Okay, well that's. That's better, Clippers. but I, I think that they'd um, probably keep Reggie Jackson for the cap space. I don't see John probably. Wall providing more, much more than Reggie Jackson personally, but that's just me. Um, so yeah, you know, it, it's a match made in heaven. It, the Rockets would be a really, really good customer for for some they of the would. guard depth that the Magic have, and you know, yeah. so it would be uh, it would be really interesting to see what happens there. Yeah. All right, we got two more left. Let's wrap this up. So we got the Cleveland Cavaliers as a lottery team. I don't got right. much just good things you... to say about this team. Sorry, go on. Just before you just before you start, um, there was a notification I got about eight minutes ago, but I wanted to wait until we got to the Cavs. So the Cavs are signing Denzel Valentine to a partially guaranteed two-year deal. The questions nothing. keep rising. <laughs> means nothing. You're, what are they doing? <laughs> it means absolutely nothing. Like, 
like the only thing that Denzel, the only person that wins from this signing is Denzel Valentine. He's now what in the same time zone, at three hours away from Chicago. That's it, three four hours away, like give or take. Honestly, it means nothing. He's not gonna see play time. Isaac Okoro probably has a higher chance of getting traded off this team. Mobley has a higher chance of getting traded off this team than Denzel Valentine getting any play play time. Uh, I think the Cavs have a pretty good core though. Like I really like Sexton, Garland, uh, Mobley, Okoro. I really like those four. I think they'll be really solid. Not to mention Jared Allen. I think those five could be disgusting. Like especially if Mobley plays the four, Allen at the five with you know Garland, Sexton, and Okoro. I think that's a pretty good young roster. Unfortunately, it's not good enough to do anything in the East. At best, they'll probably finish like. 11th 12th maybe but i don't see them be better than the pacers so like that's where i have the caps i don't really have much to say about them i just hope that the, i mean if i was the franchise like owner or if i'm the gm my biggest hope is just praying that mobley pans out uh and that you know colin sexton takes a leap forward and garland just keeps getting better and that jared allen just stays consistent that that's pretty much it. Just their uh, talent developing. Aside from that, not much to say. It's not even a fun team to watch. So, yeah. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, I think that one thing that's interesting about the Cavs is that if any team is going to get close to the Raptors' elite switchability on defense, is that it could probably be the Cavs. Yeah. yeah because you could play Markkanen at the three, Mobley at the four, and then Allen at the five. Yeah. Right, and then you've got. You know, obviously, you've got kind of shorter, shorter guards uh, at the one and two in, in um, Garland and Okoro. You know, who knows? Maybe, maybe they bring it. Maybe they trade Sexton um, for kind of like a, you know, for a taller, a taller guard that can that can fit right in there. Which the, the be only thing though, uh, if you have Markkanen, Mobley, and uh, Jared Allen in the same lineup, Raptors are easy can just gonna go to small ball and just torch them. Pascal will run through absolutely. all three of them. Yeah. yeah. But absolutely. I see what you're saying. From 1 yeah. to 5, they do have great switchability, but I don't think that matchup-wise, the Raptors are going to be behind them. I think the Raptors will just torch them, man. They'll just adjust. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's why they're in different tiers, right? The Cavs yeah. belong in this in this lottery tier. Then, you know, they're, they're fully rebuilding it for that reason. Yeah, they, they are where they belong to be. All right. The last team, number one pick, 2021 NBA Draft, Kate Cunningham led Detroit Pistons. I have them as a lottery, but not as the 15th seed, actually. I think they'll be pretty good. Uh, let me pull out their roster and give you my case on the Pistons. Uh, I think they were pretty solid last year in terms of their young guys. Like, I think Jeremy Grant, I believe he was an all-star last season, right? Um, he's easily the vet on this team. He has the most experience in terms of making all-star teams and whatnot. Kojo does have a championship. But I think Jeremy Grant has definitely shown more and has done more in the league than him and played more playoff basketball. Um, Sadiq Bey is a really good forward. I want to see Killian Hayes healthy and what he's going to do. Um, I think even just having like Kelly Olynyk ball out in Houston towards the end of last year, I think under Dwayne Casey, he might get a lot more playtime. And obviously, Cade Cunningham leading them in the point guard position. I think... They'll probably be the 13th, 12th seed in my opinion. They are in my. I, I think they are better than a lot of these lottery teams, though. Like, I think they could be neck and neck. I think they could be right after the Pacers. Like Pacers, 
And Wizards are probably the only teams I see being better than them. Might not even be the Wizards, probably the Pacers, and that's it. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not I'm not high on the Pistons at all. I think that they're going to be, you know, 13, 14, <laughs> 15, something like that. I don't think that there's anything, yeah, I, I really don't think that they're worth uh, too much discussion. Pretty much the same boat as the, uh, as the Cavs. The only difference is that the Pistons have a very nicely set timeline. They've got yes. kind of a, a one to five going on um, where they're all under the age of like 24 or 23. So, yeah. you know, they're going to be, again, they're in the same boat as the Magic and the OKC. You know, they're they're just rebuilders, riding it out, seeing what happens. But um, ultimately, they're not, you know, uh, where do, I think the only thing that's really left to discuss is is exactly what you were talking about. You know, we're, we're, their spot in the lottery is guaranteed. The only question is, you know, where in the lottery are they going to be? Uh, right. Are they better than the Wizards? No. Are they better than the Pacers? No. Are they better than the Magic and the Cavs? I think so. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I think they're they're probably better than both of those teams. So, yeah, that's that's probably where I'd have them. I'd probably have yeah. them at around the 12th seed, 13th seed. Cool. Well, that pretty much sums up the tier portion of it. So what I'm going to do is I'll just quickly give you my seedings based on the tiers, and then you tell me how, what you think and then which ones you would switch around. Yeah? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I mean, we I might have, have a, a seeding video later in the future, but, yeah, let's off the top of yeah. our head, let's do it. Top of our head, I got... Sorry, I got the Milwaukee Bucks with the first seed. I think they're probably going to want a smoother first round, second round uh, after a long postseason run last year. Congratulations again, Bucks fans, on your championship. We're very happy for you. Uh, <laughs> so, we're very happy for Giannis. So, anyways, I got the Bucks number one. I got Brooklyn Nets second. I got Philly third. Hawks fourth with the Miami Heat is my fifth seed. I got the Bulls six with Boston, Toronto, Knicks, Hornets. Those are in the same order for me. Uh, I got the Detroit Pistons. Uh, so, anyways, I got Washington Wizards at 11, Pacers 12, Pistons 13, Magic 14, with the Cavs being 15. But I'm actually going to switch the Magic and the Cavs. I think the Magic are going to be the worst team in the Eastern Conference. Those are my picks. Fair enough. Yep, I think that's. I think we're pretty much in agreement for the vast majority of this. Um, the thing that we kind of left and we didn't really finalize was uh, Philly. I mean, I think we we kind of stuck them in the contender spot. But for me personally, I think that they're still. I think I think for me, I'd lean more toward a playoff lock because I just okay. don't see them contending for the East. Okay, but so, they can still probably um, the third seed, right? Third or fourth seed. So. Yeah. You know, yeah, something okay. along those lines. So I think that uh, the Nats are going to be the one seed. I think they'll stay healthy. And even if they don't, they've got the depth that'll carry them now. And the way that they move the ball, I mean, I, I think that Steve Nash is just an underrated coach. He, he clearly knows what he's doing. Um, you know, they were they were, they were were really well coached, in my in my opinion, uh, at yeah. least offensively. And even defensively, they were able to hold their own, um, you know, in a, lot of, in a lot of key moments, particularly Kevin Durant. He showed yeah. a lot. Uh, defensively during the playoffs last season, you know, a lot more than I thought that he could. Um, <laughs> yeah, so you know that was that was a really really nice surprise. So, um, you know, I think Harden was one of the best uh, defenders in the post for the guard position last season. If I don't, somebody should uh, stat check me there. But if I remember correctly, he was like a top three, top five uh, def uh, guard defender in the post. Okay. So that was also really impressive. Um, and now that you know they've they've got really great depth, they've, so you know I'm really 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 excited to see what they do. 
but I've got so I've got the Nets at number one for that reason because I think that their depth will help carry them through through any kind of load management that they do, even if they do not stay healthy. Okay. Bucks at number two, then I've got the Hawks at three, I've got Philly at four, Hawks, uh, sorry, the Heat at five, Bulls at six. Uh, just in keeping with the, uh, like personally, I think I'd take the Celtics over the Bulls as well. But just in keeping with with uh, the tiers that we mutually agree to. Then I'd go with, uh, so that's one, two, three, four, five, six. I'd go with uh, Celtics at seven, Raptors at eight, uh, Knicks at nine, Hornets at 10. And then the only thing I would change uh, between us, I think I would do Pacers at 11, Wizards at 12, yeah. Pistons at 13, Cavaliers at 14, and Magic at 15. At 15. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, there's not really much that we disagreed on. When it comes to this, I think Pacers and Wizards are interchangeable. That could change. I think the Cavs and Magic could also change as well. Um, at the end of the day, guys, these are just predictions. This is just based on our opinion, like how we see the game. And obviously, like in this video, it's a, a mutual agreement between myself and Eric. So you could probably have a whole different understanding and outlook on things. And that's where, you know, we have healthy conversations and debates, right? So let us know in the comments. We reply back to every single one of them. Tweet at us. Let us know what you think. And yeah, don't forget to do this tier list. The link will be in our description below. And thank you guys again for joining us for another another episode of uh, Holotics Podcast. It's been an amazing time, us recording these videos. Like we've been having so much fun pumping these out. You know, we're always active on social. So if there's something that you want us to talk about, let us know. Like, let us know if, if, if there's anything you Video want to talk ideas, about. Video ideas, anything along those lines. Yeah. Anything you want to say, Eric, to everybody before we uh, sign out? Nah, man. That it's been a it's been a great ride, and can't wait to, for what's coming. Yeah. By the time this episode comes out, our website is now officially live. Hallovetakes.com. Go check out the articles that we're going to be releasing on there, and just a lot of cool information. So please join us over there, and make sure to follow us on Twitter at Hallovetakes, and we'll catch you next time. Peace out.